Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So we're going to talk NBA draft for the next couple of minutes. Uh, it is coming up on Wednesday. It snuck up on everybody. Uh, yours truly included, but at least I'm trying to play catch up here. I know it hasn't snuck up on our next guest because it's kind of what he does for a living. And that's cover the NBA, write about the NBA. Know everything about the NBA for CBSSports.com. Uh, was good to me and hopped on a bunch of times during the in-the-bubble NBA season. We're out of the bubble. We've got a draft coming up. Let's see what Colin Ward Henninger has to say. CW, how you been? I've been good, man. I was hoping to get a little bit of a break before next season, but it looks like that's not going to happen. So uh, trade season is going to start tomorrow, and then the draft on Wednesday, free agency on Friday, and we are right back in the swing of things. Now, you say trade season starts tomorrow. Is this one of those where you can make a trade, but you can't make a trade? That there's a cooling off period, the official NBA year doesn't start yet, so you can announce it, but it doesn't happen until they, the league office says it happens. Do you really expect anything the next couple of days before the draft, other than maybe someone announcing the draft, uh, swap of draft picks first, which they usually don't do. They almost always hold off till draft night. Yeah, I think there there actually might be. I th- from what I've heard, there's a lot of deals that are already in place. Now, whether those get announced, uh, the, the NBA is officially lifting its moratorium on trades tomorrow. But as you mentioned, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the trades will go down. As we've seen today, the Lakers have a deal in place to acquire Dennis Schroeder in exchange for Danny Green in the 28th pick. That deal probably isn't going to go down until after the draft. So like you said, we might see some deals that are announced, but they probably won't actually officially happen until after the draft and maybe even later in free agency uh, to preserve cap space and things like that. Doesn't Oklahoma City have enough draft picks already? They're adding another one and giving up on Dennis Schroeder. What the heck is that deal all about? I think they're up to about 70 over the next <laughs> years now. And that's this year's pick, the uh, Lakers pick at number 28? That's right. So uh, they're going to have 25 and 28 unless they they make some more deals. Okay. Uh, And let me ask you about Schroeder to the Lakers. He had a real nice year for Oklahoma City. I know some of the things that he does and Chris Paul does are kind of, uh, they replicate each other, and that might be one of the reasons why they were willing to move away from Schroeder. But Schroeder was pretty damn good for them all year. I take it this means Rondo came, got a ring, and is now allowed to leave Los Angeles? If you've got a guy like Schroeder and LeBron is your point guard anyway, why do you need a guy like Rondo? 
Yeah, that that certainly seems like what the case might be. I think they're banking on uh, some team throwing Rondo a big one-year deal. Uh, this is a year, a summer when the teams are, are are don't have a lot of cap space, but they're they all are going to be short-term deals. And nobody wants to jeopardize their cap space for next summer when there's a, a big crop of free potential free agents. So uh, for the Lakers, uh, getting a guy like Schroeder, it's it's obviously an improvement over Rondo. I know he played really, really well in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he was up and down. Truder's a guy, as you mentioned, who could take the ball handling duties away from LeBron if necessary and can really, uh, he, he shot the three-pointer really, really well last year, went up to about 39%, and that's really what, what made him uh, take a big leap in his game. So uh, he's exactly what the Lakers need, a secondary ball handler, a shooter, uh, a guy who's durable, a guy who who's fast and young and can play. So if you're the Lakers, you're looking at this season and thinking, you know, they're, they're coming off such a quick turnaround from their championship you got to think that Anthony Davis, LeBron James, some of their older players are going to be getting some days off. And to have a guy like Schroeder who can carry the offense for stretches if necessary, I think it was a really smart move for them. And I think he's really going to pay dividends for them as they chase uh, back-to-back titles. And Anthony Davis opted out of his contract, which is no great surprise. Everybody expected it. It's a foregone conclusion. He's getting Max to stay in L.A., right? Absolutely. And uh, it's just a matter of how long that contract will be. Uh, it might be uh, two years to, to line up with LeBron James, or he might just sign for the full max, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right. Other than this uh, Laker deal, any rumors that you actually see that make sense? You say there's a couple of them out there kicking around. Uh, which one intrigued you? Well, there's a couple that are, are pretty blockbuster deals. So first, let's get the first one out of the way. Russell Westbrook, uh, he has demanded a trade from the Rockets, but from what I'm hearing and not many people are interested, that is a massive contract. And from what we saw from Westbrook and what we've really seen over the last few years, he's not a guy that you can just plug into a team. Now add to that, that he has uh, expressed that he wants to be more in control of the offense like he was in Oklahoma City. That's not exactly an appealing prospect for a lot of teams that are looking to win. Uh, so really slow on that front. The, the other point guard who uh, was actually traded for Russell Westbrook was Chris Paul. And there is a rumor out there that the Suns are interested in him. And I think that is a, a really smart move for them if they can get him. Uh, they We saw what Chris Paul could do last year in Oklahoma City, kind of mentoring those young players like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's clearly still at the top of his game. And uh, if the Suns could get him, coming off what they did in the bubble, that 8-0 performance, I think that would really build some momentum. And, and more than anything, you're showing Devin Booker, who could, you know, he's right on the verge of being a superstar in this league. You're showing him that you're committed to winning. You're willing to make the moves. You're willing to go all in. So uh, I think that would work for them. They definitely have the pieces that they could send back for Oklahoma City. And, hey, guess what? They're probably going to get a few more draft picks in the process. Colin Ward-Henninger, our guest here on, 90, uh, on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, talking NBA specifically, now let's turn to the draft. Comes down on Wednesday night. You've had your chance to talk to your uh, people within organizations and some scouts around the league who have opinions on these players. 60 will be drafted. What are most people saying about the draft overall? We know there's no Zion Williamson in this draft like there was last year, but is it a deep draft? Is it a guard-oriented draft? Is it a uh, defensive draft? What are the uh, either strong points or weaknesses of this draft you're hearing from your NBA sources? 
Right. So the this is a very strange draft for multiple reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the pre-draft process, obviously with COVID, has been completely turned upside down. Uh, teams aren't getting the look at as many prospects as they usually do. They're limited to 10 visits to these kind of, uh, you know, uh, exclusive workouts that they can go watch players. So um, they, what I've been told is there there might not be that type of movement where a guy goes from from 30 on the board to 15 on a board after a great workout. You might not see that uh, this year. Um, and, and like you mentioned, overall, this isn't a draft where you're looking to draft a, a franchise-changing talent. Certainly one of these guys might be that. You look at the top three, the consensus top three guys, Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, James Wiseman out of Memphis, and, of course, LaMelo Ball, who played last year in Australia, but we know him better for, for being the younger brother of Lonzo and LiAngelo and the son of LeVar. Uh, he has blossomed into a, a top prospect, and he has a real chance to go number one. But all of those guys, they have elite skills. Anthony Edwards is an elite scorer. James Wiseman has the potential to be an Anthony Davis-type defensive uh, shot-blocking uh, big who can also stretch out and shoot the three. And then LaMelo Ball has this kind of transcendent, intangible passing quality. And if he can get his shot together, he could be a, a superstar down the road. But they all come with their flaws. So you're not looking at a guy who you can just plug in and say, look, we're building around him for the next 10 years. So that has led to a lot of the teams at the top, particularly the Timberwolves and Warriors, who aren't necessarily looking to build for the future. They're looking to kind of uh, win right now. The Warriors trying to get back into the championship mix and the Timberwolves looking to get into becoming one of those perennial playoff teams. So there, are, there's a lot of talk about teams trading down, but in order for that to happen, there needs to be a team that will trade up. So you're looking at teams like the Knicks, maybe the Pistons, teams who are willing to give up some assets or maybe even just uh, a future draft pick if they really fall in love with one of those players. And if, if a team does trade up, to number one, my guess would be it would be to get Lamelo Ball because I think he uh, people view him as having the most upside about all three of those guys. I've heard the same thing you did that uh, the top three kids are all the American uh, individuals. Tell me what you've heard about uh, this kid from Israel, Denny Abija. Um, I've heard from could be the next. Uh, Luka Doncic to, if he goes in a lottery, it'll be a mistake. I've seen and heard and read some differing opinions. What is your consensus sources telling you on the kid from Israel? Yeah, I love it. Denny Avdia, he's, he's a 6'9", kind of playmaking three, almost like a point forward. Now, uh, I've talked to a scout, who an international scout who, who scouted him, and, and he says, look, he's not Luka Doncic, so just – Put that out of your mind right now. Luca was a once-in-a-lifetime talent who had, uh, I mean, the level of success he had in Europe was just completely unparalleled for someone his age. But Abdi is a guy who you can plug into a lot of teams. Now, the scout that I talked to thinks he fits better as, as an NBA four, not necessarily a three. So he's 6'9", six, 6'10", six, but he can handle it. He can shoot it a little bit. I really like him the first time I saw his film. I thought, you know, I'm out here in the Bay Area, so I, I, I cover the Warriors a lot. I thought he would be a great fit for them. I don't think the Warriors would take him at two, but if they do end up trading down to, say, four or five, somewhere in that range, he might be a guy that they're targeting because he's one of these kind of do-it-all do Swiss Army Knife guys, and from what the scouts have told me, he's an incredibly hard worker and has improved a lot uh, from his youth days until now. So uh, that's a guy that, that I would definitely circle. If he falls below you know, 10, I would be incredibly surprised. 
uh, kid that I specifically like, and I liked him from last year, as a matter of fact, into this year, and was pleasantly surprised to watch himself march up all the mock draft boards over the course of the year, and it now looks like he's going to be a lottery pick, and that's Sadiq Bey from Villanova. As you mentioned, this is a year where they're going to get less of a look, individual workouts, be able to sit down with the kids, and they usually do because we are still in COVID protocol. Will the fact that Villanova has produced as many NBA guys during the Jay Wright era help to raise the profile of a guy like Sadiq Bey? Uh, you were just picking all the guys I love here. I don't know. We didn't even. <laughs> I, I Smart minds think alike, Colin. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, um, he, he's one of my, my players. I have him going 11th in my latest mock draft uh, to the Spurs, which would just, you know, to me, would be a perfect fit for him. As you mentioned, uh, I, I think you have to take that pedigree into consideration coming from programs that have produced tremendous NBA players and guys who, who weren't necessarily viewed as, as top guys, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, guys like that who, uh, you, you know, didn't get a lot of hype and then ended up being really good NBA players. So I think Bay fits right into that. He's 6'8". He can guard. He can shoot. He shot 45% from three last year in college. Uh, high basketball IQ, high motor. And, and, and that's the kind of guy that this draft is really heavy on, is, is these kind of uh, role player, you know, not going to be your second or third best guy, but just a guy who you can plug in and will be a starter, a rotation guy for you for a long time. And Bay certainly fits the bill there. I really like him. All right. Who was the best player in the Pac-10 this year? Chances are the big kid from USC is going to go number one. Who would uh, not number one overall, but number one out of the Pac-12? Who would you say is the second best player out of the Pac-12? The Pac-12. Wow, you're, you're testing me. I, I'm not a college basketball guy. I have okay. to tell you that. Right. So uh, I could talk about uh, Onyeka Kongu though, because I love him. Another guy that I'm absolutely in love with. He's a, a, a transformative big man. You look at a guy like Bam Adebayo who's drawing a lot of comparisons, and yeah, they both have Nigerian last names, but that's not why. It's because he's 6'8", he's 6'9", six, six, and, and the biggest thing in the NBA right now for a big man is that you have to be able to guard in space. You have to be able to switch onto guards and pick and rolls. You have to be able to, to ice dribble handoffs, that sort of thing. And Okongwu is that kind of transformative defensive player. Uh, he's a huge wingspan. He can, he can rim protect. And then his offensive skills are, are, uh, are coming along. I think he doesn't get enough credit for how well he did offensively at USC. And there are some guys, uh, some talent evaluators out there who think that Okongwu is a better big man prospect than James Wiseman. So uh, I, I think that, you know, if I'm looking at Charlotte at number three, if, I, I think they have their eyes on Wiseman. But if Wiseman is gone by the time they pick, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a Kongwu. It might be a little bit high for some people, but I think the upside is there for him as, as one of the best up-and-coming big men that you can pick in this draft. You gave us a nice run on him, and yes, I think he's going in the top six for sure and maybe higher than that. As you say, Charlotte at three, depending on what goes before that, makes sense. The kid I was trying to like uh, see if you were as big a fan as I was is uh, from Arizona. I think Josh Green, who's probably going to go in the 20s, is as athletic a guard as there is in this year's draft. And he can flat out shoot it, which is what the NBA has become. It's all about athleticism and the ability to pull up and make threes and play defense on the other end with your athleticism. 
I think he fits the bill, and he's not going to be a lottery pick. I don't know that he's going to go to the 20s, but I happen to be a big Josh Green fan. You got a scouting report on him? Absolutely. We're on the same page once again. And and I got to talk to uh, Joe Abudasar, who's actually training Josh Green right now for the for the draft. He's been preparing for the draft for much longer than he thought he would be, but he's still going. <laughs> and uh, he was absolutely raving about Josh Green. All the things you mentioned, uh, perfect modern NBA fit, aggressive defender, long, fast. Uh, he says he just has this freakish athleticism, the way that he moves. It's not necessarily a straight line, but the way that he moves from side to side on defense. And he, he really loves playing defense is what his trainer told me. And then you add in the fact that he can also shoot the ball and has some o- offensive potential. I think you're absolutely right. I, I have him going 20 to the Miami Heat. He seems like that type of player, that kind of long wing, can play multiple positions, can shoot the ball. Uh, but honestly, in this draft, like you said, I, he might end up going the lottery. We just don't know at this point. Uh, but uh, absolutely, Josh Green. And now I know that he played in the Pac-12. So I can use that in my research from now on, too. There you go. Um, and there's one other guy I wanted to ask you about who's in that same range uh, with uh, Green in the low 20s or uh, somewhere thereabouts. And that's Paul Reed out of DePaul. He's a junior, which you don't usually see guys stay to their junior year. If they're that good, they come out freshman. All right, not going to go right where they think. They come back, they really show it in their sophomore year and go in. Reed's a junior, but he's one of the better defenders in this year's draft. Um, what have you got as far as the scouting report on Paul Reed goes? I know he's not going to fill it up and score 20 a night, but uh, defense is a renewed emphasis in the NBA. How much is that going to be able to uh, move Reed up to draft boards? Yeah, I like Reed a lot, too. I, I, I would say that his offense is probably a red flag in terms of some of these guys you can see you know, hey, if we tweak this, if we do this, he has the tools. I'm not sure Reed is ever going to get there. But as you mentioned, uh, you know, if he gets to the late first round, maybe even the second round, you're starting to look at guys who can come in and help you right away. And as a, as a 21-year-old, you know, has that experience. He's got a 7-2 wingspan. He's athletic. He can rebound. And that, that buzzword that I, that I mentioned earlier, he, he can switch. He has switch abilities, defensive versatility. And when you can get a guy who can guard one through four, two through five, whatever it is, that's a hard player to pass up in today's NBA. And if you can teach him to stand in the corner and make the occasional three-pointer, even better. So, yeah, I definitely like Reed. And, and as I mentioned before, in a draft like this, you might see a guy who ends up going in the 30s, who ends up being, you know, better than a lot of the lottery picks just because of the kind of unknowns with the draft process. So, you know, it's it's really anybody's guess, but I definitely like Reed as a prospect. All right. I guided you toward Reed. I'm going to ask you to just give me a guy who's kind of fits the description you, you just gave. Isn't on anybody's radar to be a lottery pick. Is late first, early second, which means nine guaranteed contract that either you've seen, you love the tape, you've had a little birdie tell you that this kid is so underrated it's ridiculous, that you think will be drafted later, but in two or three years will be comping them to guys who were taken in the lottery and he'll be outperforming them. Yeah, I think that guy for me is probably Jaden McDaniels out of Washington, another Pac-12 guy. Um, he didn't put up great numbers. He was kind of inefficient at Washington. But when you watch this guy, this is what you're talking about. You watch this guy's film and you're like, holy moly. Like if he can just put this together. And, and a lot of this comes with going to the right team. We always talk about fit. But for some of these guys, you know, it's about 
not necessarily getting into a team that fits in terms of your position, but also in terms of their player development staff and the way that they can push you through the system. So Jade McDaniels, he's 6'10", but he has guard skills. He can score. He can he can catch and shoot. He can pull up and hit hit jumpers. A lot of it, you know, you don't want to compare people too much, but it's reminiscent of Kevin Durant, a tall guy with guard skills who can, who can score with the best of them. So, again, uh, you know, the defense isn't there yet. The playmaking isn't there yet. But when you look at his raw talent and skills, his size, his age – that's a guy who, you know, in that late first round, early second, you might be able to pick him. And, and in a few years, once he develops, people will be, you know, kind of banging their heads that they didn't see the same thing you saw. It's funny that you bring him up because one of the guys that I, my last question was going to be, is there a guy that you're uh, believing is overrated, that people are talking up a blue streak and uh, could it be, end up being a lottery player who you just don't see it? The guy who fits that bill for me is your guy McDaniel's teammate uh, Isaiah Stewart, who I think is just uh, kind of woefully overrated and may end up going in the bottom of the lottery. And if he does, I think that team will be woefully disappointed. Who's the guy who you're hearing is overrated? Well, for me, I, I mean, uh, there's two. One, one is Lamelo Ball, and I, I have to say that I just don't see what other people see with him. Uh, you know, these are very smart, trusted talent evaluators, so I'm not going to go against what they say. But from my eyes, uh, I think he has a lot of the same issues that Lonzo Ball had, that he doesn't finish through contact. He shies away from contact. He can't pull hit pull-up jumpers. And as a point guard, if you can't finish at the rim and you can't hit a pull-up mid-range, that takes away a lot of your options. And he might be a transcendent passer. He's a better half-court passer than Lonzo. Um, he's not as athletic as Lonzo. He doesn't have the defensive potential as Lonzo. So I, I, I hate to keep going back and forth with him and Lonzo, but if you think about the kind of uh, hype that Lonzo got as the number two pick and, and yep. the kind of hype that LaMelo's getting now, I do see a lot of those similar flaws. And one thing that you never had to worry about with Lonzo was his competitive drive and, and his attitude. And those are things that have definitely been raised with LaMelo. He's had some kind of suspect interviews with some teams. Uh, he, I think David Thorpe said he, he was the worst defensive prospect he's ever seen evaluating the draft. This is a guy that's been around a long time. So, you know, obviously his offensive skills are amazing. And, and if he can put it all together, he might end up being a superstar. But to me personally, I don't see it. Colin, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. No, you got to get back to work this week. Keep working those NBA rumors. We'll be checking you out on CBSSports.com. Enjoy the draft on Wednesday night. I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Colin Ward Henninger from uh, CBSSports.com, NBA Insiders. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.